Hello and welcome to Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett. Do you aspire to be recognised as a leader? Being a leader sometimes looks easy and even desirable until a crisis comes and we want to pull our skirt over our heads and hope someone else takes the lead. In a crisis, leaders have a tough role but a critical role in reassuring and leading those around them. Let's join Dr. Corbett tonight in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah to look at leading in a crisis. So we're at that part in Jeremiah where what he has been prophesying about, that Babylon would come in, Babylon would destroy the city, take the king and the royal family, and that the king would see his sons executed, All of that's happened exactly as Jeremiah said it would happen. And Jeremiah to me is again one of the the greatest cases for the inspiration of the Bible. Uh, Rarely do you see any atheist taking on Jeremiah to make their case that the Bible's not inspired because they'd be hitting their head against a granite wall. So we can have great confidence in God's word if for no other reason we had the book of Jeremiah. And he has prophesied this and even the events that we're about to see right now, we're going to see a fellow by the name of Gedaliah, who we'll talk about in a moment, take to heart something that Jeremiah has said. And this shows a bit of a a turn in events. But what we're now faced with is Jerusalem is now a heap. It is rubble. It is smouldering ashes. It lies in ruins. And as it lies in ruins, most of the inhabitants have been taken away captive. Some of the military leaders have gone into hiding, more or less, out into the fields and as a result, preserve their lives. And we'll we'll see how these guys interact with this episode as well in a moment. What you have here is a crisis. And if I was to prophesy something to each one of you, it's this. You, throughout your life, will have to deal with crises. You will have to deal with crises. And, And I'll tell you, one of the things that... I was going to say almost surprises me, but I don't think it does because it's just human nature. Is that as a pastor, when I deal with people who are having a crisis, they are nearly always surprised by it. Nearly always. Have you noticed crises never come when they're scheduled? You don't die, you don't make an appointment for these things. You don't plan for these things, but they will come. So here, what what we're going to see in this passage is Jerusalem's in rubble in ruins most of the inhabitants have gone away the king of babylon has appointed this man gedaliah as his representative and there's not much left and the and the people are hurt they are bewildered we have a crisis and this is leading in a crisis this is what we're going to look at so let's read verse 7 when all the captains of the forces in the open country, so these are the captains of the king's army that had fled into the open country and hid. And their men heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, the son of Aachim, 
governor in the land and had committed to him men, women and children, those of the poorest of the land who had not been taken into Babylon. Now, let's just pause here. Why did Nebuchadnezzar appoint this man, Gedaliah, to be governor? Why him? Gedaliah, we, we see from other scriptures, was the secretary to King Josiah. King Josiah is about three kings back. Now, if you're the secretary to the great-grandfather of the existing king, what's the first thing we know about this person? They're not young. Gedaliah was an old man. That's what he, he posed very little threat. He was an old man. He, he was the former secretary to the king, King Josiah. So he had some experience in management and governing. What else do we know about Gedaliah? Because he was a secretary, he wasn't the king. He wasn't a military leader. Again, he posed no threat to Babylon or King Nebuchadnezzar. He acted like an administrator rather than a leader. I tell you, in life, there'll be times when we will need really, really good administrators. People who know where things should be, they put them in their right place, they manage them well, and we need people like that. I can tell you that when I've been in organisations, having uh, I'm currently on um, four or so boards of organisations, and when we haven't got administration right, it is a disaster. Thank God for administrators. We need them. We really do need them. But they're not leaders, not necessarily leaders. Leaders think differently. Now, before you switch off and go, oh, well, not talking to me, I'm not a leader. If you are a husband, you're a leader. If you're a father, you're a leader. If you're a mother, you're a leader. If you're a wife, you are definitely a leader. Verse 8. So these men, the military leaders, went to get a liar at Mizpah. Ishmael, not to be confused with another Ishmael we're going to read about soon, the son of Nethaniah, Yohanan, son of Korea, Sariah, the son of, why couldn't they have easy names? Tan, Humath, the sons of Ephi, the, the Netophathite, Jezaniah, the son of Markathite, son of a Markathite, they and their men. But next verse, verse 9. Gedaliah, the son of Aachim, son of Shaphan, swore to them and their men, saying, Do not be afraid to serve the, ba- the Chaldeans, which is the Babylonians. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. Now remember, this is what Jeremiah had pleaded with the people to do. Jeremiah had asked that this is what the people do. In fact, he commanded it and the people wouldn't do it. So what do we see Gedaliah now doing? He's reiterating what Jeremiah had said to do. And why not? Everything Jeremiah said that would happen to the city, which everyone said would never happen, has now just happened. 
Jeremiah's got a great deal of credibility in this situation right now. So here's what Gedaliah is doing. What, what, does he, what does he tell the people? He tells the people what he knows. And what does he know? Jeremiah was right. And if Jeremiah was right, this is what we should do. So in essence, he's giving them the word of God. And this is what you do in a crisis. Leaders reassure those they lead. So let me tell you what that looks like if you're a husband and a father. There will be times when in your family situation, you won't know how you're going to pay that bill. And if, you, if you're about to start off in life and you're thinking, oh, you just budget, gee, how do you get into a Can I tell you from experience, when the, when the dentist says your daughter needs immediate orthodontic work or she's going to have problems with her jaw for the rest of her life and we go, oh, okay. And what's the first thought that comes into your head when you hear the word orthodontics? $8,000, exactly. That's what, you, that's what you hear. You get over that hurdle. No sooner do you get over that hurdle, you take your younger daughter to the dentist, and that, I think, is the problem. And he says, oh, she's going to need orthodontic work as well. And then added to that, and look, and I'm just throwing in two real examples from our life where we thought, you know, we're just getting through, and then thump. <laughs> now, I've got to tell you, there are people who get thumped and thumped and thumped and thumped and it's got very little to do with them as much as this is just, this is just what life is dealing them. So that's what I mean when a husband is facing crisis and, he, and, and, he, and his wife will say to him, how on earth are we going to do this? Can I tell you as a husband, now is not the time to go, I have no idea. How much do Indians buy kidneys for? I mean, I, 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 have not, I haven't got any left. How many? <laughs> I sold them to pay the rates. How do we... How, this is the time when a husband has to reassure those he leads. And it sounds like this. We'll get through this. We'll be right. Let's just do what we've got to do and leave it with me. I'll figure it out. And it may mean that the husband has to go and get a second job. It may mean that the husband has to be creative. That's what leading is all about. That's the time to reassure. Leaders reassure. And you might think, oh, I can't. If I'm not assured myself, I can't reassure those around me. Let me grab you by the shoulders, look you square in the eye and tell you, don't be a baby, grow up and be a man. This is the time to reassure those you lead. And this is what Gedaliah is essentially doing right now. He's reassuring these people. He's giving them the word of God. So in a crisis, particularly with your family, and I'm thinking family, when your family's in a crisis, you should reassure them with God's word. I'm sure there's enough people in this room who have not got this right over the years that if I said, okay, I'm going to open up the microphone now for you to come and share how maybe you could say, this is how I would have done it different. Instead of buckling under the pressure, you put, you got a, a backbone of steel and you stood up and you go, that's what I should have done. I reckon we'd have a few people who go, yeah, that's what I should have, that's what I should have done. And I hope that our young people listening would go, well, okay. 
learn from experience. I'm going to take that on. But this is what Gedaliah is doing right now. So even though he's not a leader, this is a positive that I see in what he is doing. Next verse. As for me, I will dwell at Mizpah. Let's come to that in a moment. To represent you before the Chaldeans who will come to us. But as for you, gather wine and summer fruits and oil and store them in your vessels and dwell in your cities that you have taken. Here you've got a people who are depressed. They are battered. They are beaten. They are humiliated. They are despairing. They do not know what to do. And here's another really, really positive thing that Gedaliah is doing. He's getting them to be busy. He's giving them something to do. And this means that leadership always involves giving very practical directions to those they lead. Sometimes I'm dealing with people who are so burnt out, so empty, so run down, so dry. They just don't know what to do. They don't know what the next step is. Now, I know that in all the classical pastoral counselling courses they say pastors take a great deal of care that you don't direct people let people make their decisions let them find their way just walk alongside them don't tell them what to do well i've got to tell you there are times when i have to tell someone hey this is the next step this is what you've got to do and i see get a lie doing that here as well these are people they don't know what to do he says this is what you do go back to where you're hiding the towns that what's left of them go back there See what food you can gather. Now tell me how practical is that? (laughs) Gather food and gather drink. You're going to need it. It's very, very practical. Verse 11, next verse. Likewise, when all the Judeans who were in Moab and among the Ammonites and in Edom and in the other lands heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant in Judah and had appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahakam, son of Shaphan, as governor over them. Then all, verse 12, Then all the Judeans returned from all the places to which they had been driven and came to the land of Judah. So firstly, the leaders have gathered what's left of them. Now the people, these were the poorest of the people who couldn't afford to live in Jerusalem. They were out in the outskirts of Judea. And now they have come to get a lie at Mizpah. And they gathered wine and summer fruits in abundance. So the leaders have gone back and said, okay, this is what we've got to do. So here is Gedaliah who has set up his capital, more or less, at Mizpah. Why? Well, the former capital doesn't exist anymore. Jerusalem was gone. I heard someone say the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed something like 27 times throughout its history. And this is one of them. So Mizpah was more or less located, I'm not saying halfway, but it was located between judah and babylon i actually see another principle here about leadership about wise leadership whether you're an employer whether you're a boss whether you're a manager whether you're captaining a football team on the football field there'll be times when those you lead need you to be their source of strength they need someone to stand up and say It looks bad, but we'll get through it. We'll be okay. Here's what I want you to do. 
I see this on the football field when I see the, cap, the really elite captains of football teams. They're, they're down. It's three-quarter time. There's 20 minutes down on the clock. They're 18 points behind. How on earth can they pull this out of the bag? And, you, and you'll see some, one of these captains grab their team together and say, okay, you do this, you do that, you do that. And that's exactly what's happened here. And it's happened at Mizpah where the leader has set up between Babylon, the source of all their problems, and where the people are. And in a crisis, strong leaders go between the people and their problems. Strong leaders go between the people and their problems. I think as a husband, husbands, you need to shield your wife and family from most of the problems they face. It's hard. It's tough. As a husband, as a father, you'll carry a load that your family should not carry. And don't you dare put it on them. Don't you dare. You stand between them and the problem. And this is what Gedaliah, although he's not a leader, he's working at this. He's doing it. Next verse. Now, Yohanan, the son of Korea, and all the leaders of the forces in the open country came to get Eliah at Mizpah. These leaders came to get Eliah. Now, in, in one sense, we could look at this and go, don't, don't they think he, he's got the nous, the wisdom, the ability to be able to do this? But on the other hand, this is what happens in a crisis. When you are in a crisis, this is what God will do for you. He will send help. Gedaliah had these military leaders come to him. You could think, why would Gedaliah need military assistance at this point? Because he's not a military leader. This is a, this is a blind spot in his life. He doesn't get it. <laughs> He doesn't get military strategy. He doesn't get the, the, the view that a military leader has. Gedaliah has warriors come to him. And the, the leader of this outfit gives him a warrior's perspective. What is the warrior's perspective? Let's read on verse 14. And said to him, do you know that Baalus, what does that sound like, Baalus? Sound like Baal. In other words, this is someone who's dedicated their life to Baal. Do you know that Baalus, the king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, to take your life? You see how this guy's giving him a military perspective? This, this soldier, this warrior, is giving this administrator the perspective of a soldier. Whenever you're in crisis, God will send help. And he will send help, and I'll call this, I'll, I'll say he'll send leaders. Let, let me use another word. He'll send experts. He'll send experts so that you have expert help. And here's where it takes humility to be a leader under crisis. To be able to say, thank you. I, I actually need help. And if you're a man... Uh, we'll have a session afterwards where I can explain what I've just said 
because to say I need help and you're a man is not always an easy thing to do because many men don't ever think they need help is there any men here who don't think they ever need help and you wouldn't put your hand up anyway whenever there is strong leadership we're going to see this guy Barlas whenever there's strong leadership there's always going to be strong opposition and that's what's happened here in, in this thing and this is what I'm going to say to you whenever you make a daring decision to lead your family can I tell you if, if you're going to lead your family as a man of God you are going to make sure that your family gets its priorities right we do things on a Sunday as a church that the the, the old-time Christians, and I'm talking from hundreds of years ago, the reformers said this, things like communion is an outward expression of an inward grace. Same as baptism. When someone says, I want to follow Jesus, the next step is to be water baptised. What is it? It's an outward expression. It's something we can all see. It's outward. It's an outward expression of of an inward grace in other words when someone goes down on the water and they're baptized and that takes humility to do that and they come up they're washed they're clean that's what's happened on the inside christ has washed and cleansed us on the inside and so this is an outward expression of an inward grace did you know being here on a sunday together as the church is an outward expression of an inward grace and that inward grace says, I now belong to Christ. This is his house. This is his body. This is his church. And I'm going to give my outward expression to it, which is your commitment to it. So, snaps to you all for being here. And when you're a dad and you choose to sleep in and say to your kids, church doesn't matter, you are telling them, something that is not right it's not good for their soul and you need to understand that it's at those times you need to step up and be a man and be a leader and so here we have this situation get a liar at this point does not take the advice of these military leaders why not I think at this point he lacks courage. He lacks courage. And it's going to take courage to be a leader. Then, Yohanan, the son of Korea, spoke secretly to get a liar. This, this is a good man, by the way. Yohanan. He spoke secretly to get a liar at Mizpah. Please, let me go. And strike down Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he take your life so that all the Judeans who are gathered about you would be scattered and the remnant of Judah perish? Who does he want to kill? He wants to kill someone who's a threat. He wants to take out someone who could be the cause of hundreds of maybe thousands, I'm not sure how many is left in this remnant, a remnant of people. He wants to take someone out who could endanger their lives. That's the way military leaders think. Thank God for them. And Gedaliah, 
doesn't want any part of it. Who is this Ishmael? Ishmael was a descendant of David. Ishmael was somebody who may have felt that he should have been the leader. <laughs> he should have been the leader. Not get a liar. And this is what I want you to know that sometimes in life you might feel like you should, I should have been appointed captain, president of the committee, chairman, secretary, whatever. And they were, and I'm, you never become a leader until you learn to serve. You want to become a leader, you've got to learn how to serve first. Pastor, where do you get that from? Jesus. The ultimate shepherd became a lamb. Next verse. But Gedaliah, the son of Aachim, said to Johanan, the son of Korea, You shall not do this thing, for you are speaking falsely of Ishmael. If you sneak into the next verse, which you're not allowed to do. Don't read the next verse. Oh, let's, let's do the spoiler. Yohanan was right. Gedaliah paid a high price for his lack of courage at this point. Now, let's leave it there for the next session. During a crisis, you'll need strength for the sake of others. When your family is under pressure, how are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to get through this cancer? How are we going to get through our house being destroyed? How are we going to get through this flood, this fire? How are we going to get through mum dying, dad dying? How are we going to get through this? That's the time, men, when you need to say to your families, we'll get through. It'll be okay. God's word says he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We'll get through, kids. That's the time when you need to say to your wife, we'll get through. It'll be okay. That's the time when a hug from a husband is not just an embrace. It's an impartation of strength. And a wise husband understands that. During a crisis, you need to follow the greatest leader. Jesus Christ that's where you can reassure your family then go into the backyard and have a good cry and plead with God to help you to get through wipe your tears off get back in there and be a man show some leadership do the right thing lead in a crisis don't crumble in a crisis can I tell you this God has created you man with a capacity to do this you just may not know it but he has and perhaps where it starts let me be practical let me give you the 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 dried fruit and the the wine instructions perhaps for you it's next sunday morning rather than going gee nice day we'll go for a picnic lead your wife lead your family and lead them to the house of god before you eat your meal, lead your family and say, hang on, let's just give thanks for this food. God, we thank you for this food. Amen. You might want to write that prayer down. Little bits of 
leadership advice. Now, during a crisis, is the time you need to follow Jesus Christ. And here's where it starts. Because I've made a whole lot of assumptions here. And right now, you might be facing cancer, bankruptcy, divorce, business closure, your own health breaking down, your own mental well-being falling apart. You might be on the verge of a crisis or in a crisis. And here's where it starts for you. Jesus, I give you my life. I cast all my care on you, 1 Peter 5, 7. I give you all of my burdens, all of my anxieties, all of my worry, all of my cares. I give them to you. I surrender to you. Have my life, I pray. You pray a prayer like that. God will hear your prayer. Guaranteed, God will hear your prayer. He'll take your life. And he'll begin to unscramble Humpty Dumpty. Leading in a crisis. Leadership involves giving practical direction to those you're leading. Leaders go between people and their problems. It's not easy. More from Dr. Corbett next week. Podcasts and Finding Truth Matters resources, including tonight's program, Leading in a Crisis, are available via the website, findingtruthmatters.org, or by contacting us at Lagana Media, PO Box 1143, Lagana, Tasmania, 7277. For regular updates and special offers, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash findingtruthmatters. Dr. Corbett is the pastor of Lagana Christian Church and president of ICI Theological College Australia. We look forward to joining you again at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.